Into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank. If you are listening to ESPN 1420 live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app in connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Joining me now on the phone line, associate head baseball coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Anthony Babino. Good morning, Bab. What's happening? Good morning, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Just trying to stay dry in this weather. Hope everybody uh, stays safe out there on the road. Um, I, I got to ask you what I asked Degs on Monday. And, you know, you've been in baseball a long time. And despite that, you still th- see things sometimes that, that have been. Have you ever been part of a game like you had last Sunday where you hit seven homers and don't win? And it's just, it was just, everything about it was just weird. Yeah, it really was. I mean, no, to answer your question, no. I've never – I've been in a game where we've hit seven homers, I believe. I think we did it with the 2014 team at Monroe, uh, ironically, on a Sunday. But we won that game. But I think the problem with that one, five of those homers in that year probably weren't solo home runs, as was on this past Sunday. You know, five of the seven were solos, I believe. Maybe six of the seven, but I believe five of the seven. And, you know, the strange thing about it, as that game was going on and we were hitting those home runs and then a solo home run, as as great as the four-homer inning was to, to go up by one, four to three, I believe, in the third inning with the back-to-back-to-back, as great as that was, I kept hearing Coach Rowe's voice saying, because he would say this all the time when it would happen, solo home runs don't beat you. Solo home runs don't beat you. It's the two-run, the three-run, the granny. Solo home runs don't beat you. So I'm like, man, this is great. This is awesome. I'm glad for these guys. I'm glad for the team. It gave us a one-run lead. But I don't know if that's going to beat them, you know. And then sure enough, after the game, he was probably looking down, laughing, saying, I told you, dummies, that solo homers don't beat you. I keep trying to tell you guys. But it was an incredible game back and forth. You know, nobody really wanted to lay down. And even after those that four-homer inning with Benny's three-run homer to get it tied to seven and, you know, but and then the free passes that we issued, to allow them to pull ahead, you know, really kind of haven't been involved with that. It was wild. It was wild. But you got two wins. Uh, You won the series, one Friday and Saturday, Connor Cook, Sunbelt Conference Pitcher of the Week. Um, You know, Jay Walker mentioned this, Top mentioned this. They were talking to the Arkansas State coach or the hitting coach saying, look, Cook threw 52 pitches up in the count and 41 of them were off speed. So, I mean (laughs) – when you know it's coming and you just can't really do anything about it, that's when a guy's in the zone. Yeah, he he was spinning it really well and locating his fastball. His changeup was a plus pitch for him on Saturday. And you know, when he's when a pitcher of that caliber has two of his pitches working, he can be really good. When he's got all three working, he can be great. And Cookie was great Saturday, and and 
pitcher of the week honor, very well deserved. What, he he got all three of the nasty necklaces. Is that right? He got all three. We just went right through them. We said, "Who's the ah? Uh, here you go, Connor. Who's the hit? Ah, uh, here you go, Connor. Who's the nastiest overall? Ah, uh, here, come back here, Connor. Yeah, he just got he got all three of them. He deserved all three of them for sure. And um, uh, saw where or heard where you guys talked about that a little bit on Monday. And you know that's a great thing that the guys look forward to after every after every game, after every practice, and um, you know just a little incentive, as I'm sure Matt told you guys told you for the guys after after practices and after games and guys have really come to to enjoy those necklaces it and is, they're very basic i mean i'm sure matt described them to you a couple he, of them he, are, he, are, he didn't uh, i asked him but uh but now you have to since you started so go ahead oh did you <laughs> ask him and he refused or you did I, 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 I said are they nasty what do they look like he's like ah what a, and he just you know started talking about what they meant to the team or whatever but Oh, come on. You're not going to yeah. get in trouble. It's just a necklace. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to get in trouble. No, you're right. Um, but if it was something that he didn't want to divulge. No, it's just, you know, one of them's a dog tag. Uh, I think two of them are dog tags. One of them is a, a bolt, just like a big uh, screw-on screw bolt okay. just hanging down from a piece of leather. It's... You know, uh, I like it. It's nasty. That's why I guess that's why that one's for the nasty wolf. It's it's kind of nasty. But, I like uh, it. I like it. We like it. We love it. The kids love it. So there you have it. Tyler Robinson in the three hole. I know we've we've focused a lot on Connor Kemple since he moved into the leadoff spot and and the lineup. But when T Rob's there, um, you know, what does that do for the rest of the lineup? Well, again, kind of. His Kimple and, and, and TR, I think, are two guys that, you know, as those guys go, the team goes. You know, they're exciting hitters. Uh, they're physical guys. They can both really run, do a lot of things on the bases, put a charge in the baseball. When, when those two guys are going, man, we can really do some great things. And, and TR has, you know, that hit he took into the wall full speed is incredible. Uh, so thankful that we have a padded wall. Although I was telling Coach Deggs that I've witnessed John Coker go full speed in that wall when it was aluminum panel. So I don't know that it could be any worse than that. But just an exciting player. Um, so, so many tools. He's got a really – he's got an opportunity to have a, a bright future in this game. He really does. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Rage Education Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau, our guest right now. Bab, uh, the D1 Council is meeting today to submit a proposal that would institute a universal one-time transfer exception for uh, baseball and football and basketball, ice hockey, basically sports that previously didn't allow students to freely transfer. They'd be allowed to do it that one time. Um, For it, against it, because I know you've seen transfer rules – change over the years and I know you've seen the good side of it and I'm sure you've seen the bad side of it as well yeah we had it prior to what it's about to be probably voted in where you could transfer one time well, four year to four year and then instituted where you had to sit out you know it's uh, I'm kind of on both sides of the fence you know I think I think that there's room for it for some cases because sometimes kids just, you know, things don't work out, whether it be the decision that they made 
um, something with the coach, possibly. They need a fresh start. Uh, I would like for those kids in those circumstances, you know, to, to not have to sit out and to be able to transfer and, and not use a, lose a year of eligibility. And then there's, there's other cases where, you know, kids are, are just moving around because things have gotten too tough for them, you know, a la the transfer portal that you can look at. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of names and not just one or two players from a team. You have four or five players from a, from the same team that are in a transfer portal. You know, um, I just think it's kind of gotten out of hand to where, you know, if things get a little, a little dicey for you, you say, okay, well, you know, I'm out. I'm going to go try this other program and see if this other program is, is better for me. You know, if this, if this other program has rules and, and has some discipline in it, you know, and that's the reason why you're leaving because you didn't like that, then that program's not going to be any better for you. So, you know, it's, uh, I see, it, I, I can make a case for it and against it. How does it impact your job and the coaching staff's job from a recruiting standpoint? Does it make it more difficult? Does it make it slightly easier? Is it just an added does it does it even change much if this proposal ends up being passed? Well, I think where it changes is so you can't really it's tough to recruit that that player, right? I mean, because you can't actively recruit from another four-year school's team. So you go about the recruiting process and you recruit your high school kids, you recruit your junior college kids, you get your roster set, you spend all your money or so you thought you had your roster set, and then May, June, something pops up, a really good player gets in touch with you or you find out that, that they're possibly interested in your school and you're like, man, would love to have that player on our team. You know, either you saw him play, either you played against him or you know of him, and now you've got to try to make another player fit in your roster, whether it be move money around, if you want to give him scholarship, if you want to try to undertake selling him to come for free because you've already used up scholarship, and that is, if that is the case, will he come for free if – XYZ University is offering him scholarships. So to me, that's where it comes becomes a little hairy and, and, and dicey is um, trying to make that player that you may really want on your roster fit with only a couple months left before, you know, the fall semester starts. ESPN 1420. The um, Getting back to, to the Cajuns, the offensive identity of this team, the strikeout average, uh, was talking with Top about this, is down from what it was early in the season. I think it, at one point it was over 11. Right now it's 7.5. And you just look at really the last dozen games or so and strikes, strikeouts to walks and the improvement there. Um, are, are you happy? Are you satisfied right now with that aggressive approach you guys want offensively but – that balance of you don't want to get too carried away and, and take bad swings? Well, it's, it's getting much, much better, that's for sure. You know, and the reason why we've been consistent like we have throughout this stretch that we've been on is because of the decreased strikeouts, putting the ball in play more consistently and – you know, harder contact, which is putting pressure on opposing defenses. So if we can continue to do that, we're, we're going to have success. We really will. 
I think the pitching staff is going to continue to to do really well. They're going to have some games um, like you saw on Sunday. And if we can minimize those games, then we should be okay. You certainly don't want to have um, those type of games all the time and, and ask your offense to try and bail you out each and every night. It's it's very tough to score 9, 10, 11, 12 runs every night out. It's just it's virtually impossible. But the the offense – we're really pleased with, with the improvement that they're making. I still think they can get better. I think the pitchers can get better. I think we can get better defensively. We can still we still have room for improvement as a team, and that's the great thing about it. We're in a, in a pretty good position right now overall within the league, and I think we can still improve, which you know makes the staff really excited about what this club could possibly be. ESPN 14.com, you guys are playing South Alabama this week. Bab, where were you in 1992, in the spring of 92? I was I was in that video that keeps getting circled, circulated around. That's where I was. So you were, you were what, for those that don't know what we're referencing, uh, May 8th, 1992, there was a brawl. I can call it that. It wasn't just guys coming out of the dugout jarring. I mean, that thing was a, was a brawl. And uh, I know we're in a different place in the world now. We had a call yesterday say, man, if that happened today, they would have arrested a bunch of people. Um, it was just different back then. Um, it doesn't seem like that long ago, and yet it, it really was. So in 1992, South Alabama and then USL, now UL, just it, it, was, it was nasty. Get your, your point of view that day, uh, take us through that moment, what's happening and what led up to it and, and what you did. Well, it started prior to that year in the in the regional in '91 at Alec Box Stadium in Baton Rouge. We were we were in that regional. South Alabama was in that regional. We had a great team. They had a great team. We had some professionals on our team. They had professionals on their team. And at one of the games in the regional, a couple of our guys got hit. Papo Ramos got hit. I don't know if I don't remember if he got hit by John Lieber, who is a was a pitcher for South Alabama who pitched in the big leagues, had a great career in the big leagues. But Popo got hit a time or two by South Alabama. So the next spring when they came here for the conference series, uh Lieber was on the mound and hit Popo and I guess Popo had, had enough or thought it was intentional, you know, and dropped the bat and charged the mound and um, as you mentioned, it was an all-out brawl. And I can remember just, you know, because I was in the dugout and and I saw him run to the mound and then everybody took off. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I had never been involved in, in a, a baseball brawl, you know, or, or, a, or a, a fight of any kind up to that point, for that matter, you know, some – some jawing back and forth like you do in high school, uh, you know, with rivals and um, at the college level, just a little, you know, attitude from a couple players, but a, an all-out brawl like that. So just ran out there and, and punches are being thrown. And, and man, I, I Paul Baco almost decked uh, Coach Kittrell, who was the coach at that time, the head coach for South Alabama. I mean, if, if – wouldn't have recognized at the last minute that it was Coach Kittrell that had grabbed him. I mean, 
he would have decked the head coach. But you know, Paul, I can it, and you can see it in the video. Paul is cocked and ready to go, and then you know he realizes that it's Coach Kittrell, so he puts the he puts it back in the holster. Um, but just I can remember just running around that pile, and and that was I was a fresh scene, 92. I was a sophomore, so still, you know, fairly young guy on the team. And I was just trying to make sure that I wouldn't get my clock clean. So I remember having my head on a swivel and kind of just bouncing around, you know, the outside of the pile. Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in the middle of it. I can tell you that. I, <laughs> I do know that. Uh, but I was out there and there's, and there's proof that I was out there because I'm, I'm in the video. Number 16 is in the video. There he is. Yeah, Ken, Ken Myers, I, I remember reading an article years back just saying, like, look, man, this I, I just I had my chest protector on. I, I ran out there, I ripped it off to get in the pile, and it was surreal just hearing fists making contact with people's faces. Like it he's like, it was just there was it was no, it was, was not a shoving match, man. This was just an all out brawl that you know, Jay Walker and I were discussing it yesterday. Again, just a different time, but like if that happened in a game today, it would it would like some some in the sports world would call it a scandal. Now, fortunately, no one you know look people got beat up, no one got seriously hurt, um, and that's that's the thing about it. But you don't you will not have a brawl like that in my opinion in college baseball today or maybe ever again. And if you do, you know it'll be on the news. But gosh, man, it was the the hate then was so real and over the years, you know, Coach Kittrell and, and and Coach Robe, I know were very close and uh and, and there was a respect factor there, but there was also a I wanna whoop your ass factor there, no matter how long and and I know that no one on the current team, with the exception of you, really has any ties to that thing. But so this is just a bab question, not a Cajun baseball question. When you guys face South Alabama today, is th- does your blood still boil a little bit? Is there still a part of you that's like, man, these guys, I, I just want to whoop their butt? Yeah, I don't know if, my, if I can say my blood boils, but, you know, being with the program for so long and, and having some success against them, having a ton of defeats against them because for a stretch there, they, they – they kicked our butt for for a lot of games in a row, um, and and won a ton of series in a row against us. And finally, we started to kind of break through and, and have some success against them in winning series. But it's just and the reason I think there still could possibly be a brawl like that today, but the. The players are different. You know, nowadays, and, and we've discussed this at length before, a lot of our players know their players, whether it be from summer ball, travel ball, select ball, played against them. Back then in 91 and 92 when I was here and when that happened, you just you never saw those guys. You didn't have an opportunity to become a friend of those guys because the players here in – Lafayette, Louisiana, you just didn't have an opportunity to mix with the players that were in Mobile, Alabama, right, through football or things like that. So you didn't know them, so you just hated them. And nowadays that's a little different. I think if things escalated to a certain point, it could possibly, you know, become what it was back then a little bit. But 
it, it, would, it would take a lot. It really would. So um, I, I still want to beat them, though. Uh, I really do, uh, just because of, of knowing the, the proud history of their program, knowing that they're, they stand in the way of what we're trying to accomplish. So I don't know if I necessarily say my blood boils when I walk in there or when we play them, but I do know that I want to beat them really, really bad. The, the, I do know I do not want to hear it when I go over there, the bags are full of Jags. I do know that. That makes my blood boil <laughs> when I hear the bags are full of Jags. The, gosh, that, that, that awful look at them Jag. I mean, they've got one of the worst, like, just school spirit songs, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, man. It's it's For the, for the longtime Cajun fans, I love hearing them talk about um, South Al. They call it South Al Hate Week. I'm on the uh, the UL baseball Facebook fan page that Chico and those guys run. I just I just saw 16 kind of on the side. I just saw you kind of walk in the video a little to the right, and then you kind of walk off to the side. You you, you were you were on the outside looking in, and that, it's not the a lot of guys were right, but man, the the inner circle of that thing was uh, whew, that was yeah, the that inner was circle gnarly, was, man. The inner circle was no, it was naughty, man. Our shortstop Jason Gonzalez, he he. Half of his ear was severed when he was walking back to the dugout. Um, no, it was uh, it was bad. Yeah, you can see I'm just kind of around there making sure everything is okay. Just you know assessing. I've always I've always tried to take care of people, Scott. That's so I was just make even back then at an early age. I just wanted to make sure, hey, everything was okay. You know that this thing would break up. Everybody get back to the dugouts. No, you know what I'm saying. So that's, that was that was my role back then as well. But it's the story, and he's sticking with it. Back in uh, the that's days, of, that's of, what it is. back when Bab was, you know, playing ball and hanging out at maybe poets when he was of age, he was really just trying to make sure that everybody was was taken care of and being polite. You know, just some good, good, just sportsmanship, baseball, good competition. No, no animosity whatsoever, right? I just tried to make sure we didn't get in trouble, <laughs> there, buddy. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, a different time. But uh, thanks for sharing the memories, man. All right. Well, this 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 weekend, you guys are traveling to Mobile. Uh, you're facing off against the South Al team that I think is is a talented bunch that that presents a challenge. Uh, what can you tell us about this Jaguar club, and and what are you guys anticipating this weekend? Well, they're going to present a challenge, like you said, for sure. Um, as I mentioned, they're they're a proud program with great history and tradition, and and that alone can carry you a long way. It really can. Um, you know, looking at the, uh, I don't necessarily break down the the video, or the scouting reports now as much as I as I used to, uh, but I do look at the stats and 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 looking at the conference stats. They're not they're not a great offensive club that doesn't mean that they can't hit it just means that statistically as a group um you know they're not putting up really big numbers but i do know they have a couple of players uh you know one being ethan wilson who arguably could be the best offensive player in the league who we're gonna have to be careful with and and really work him well and be smart with him as, as well as a couple others and They'll have some guys on the mound that are going to compete. They really will. It's just it's it's always a challenge. So we're going to take off around noon tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thursday, right? Yes, we're going to take off at around noon tomorrow. Have a hopefully have a great practice, weather permitting, tomorrow afternoon around six o'clock, and and get ready to go Friday. 
ESPN1420in.com. Uh, Anthony Babineau, our guest. All right, final question for you. Just I, I ask you this every now and then, you know, a glue guy, a player that maybe doesn't get some of the shine that perhaps they deserve or what they mean to the team. And you've you've brought up a number of guys. Uh, I think we've talked about one or two. Give, give me another one this morning. You know, somebody that's just taking the cuts, putting in the time, and maybe the fans aren't able to see just the work they're putting in. Um, maybe fans aren't able to see it on game day, but it just means that much to you guys and what you're trying to accomplish. Well, I think, you know, I'll give you a couple guys on the offensive side, maybe a couple guys on the on the pitching side of things. Offensively, you know, he's he's played – a lot. He hasn't been an everyday starter, but when he's been in there, he's really produced. And when he's not in there, he's at the front of the dugout. He's a glue guy, you know, keeps everything together. Jonathan Brandon and Alex Haney, you know, are the two guys that, that come to mind. Just those guys do things the right way. They have the club's best interest in mind. Uh, they never try to cheat the program in any any form or fashion. They really don't. On the other side of the baseball, Austin Bradford, Dane Dixon, again, two guys that just, to take Coach Rope saying, they work while they wait. You know, they haven't had a ton of opportunities. Uh, Austin Bradford, when he did get an opportunity at Nichols late in the game, came through with flying colors and, and did a tremendous job for us. You know, Dane's going to... Dane's going to get an opportunity, you know, at some point, and I have no doubt that when he gets that opportunity, he's going to succeed because of the work he puts in behind the scenes, during practices, during inner squads, in his bullpens, off the field, in the classroom, just quality individuals that people don't, they're not household names because they don't see him on the mound every weekend or at the plate every week, but guys that do things the right way and, and deserve success. They may not be getting success individually. They're getting team success because they're part of this great organization. But guys that are going to have tons of success once they're finished with this with this baseball program because of the type of men they are, the types of the type of life that they lead, the honest, trusting, truthful life that they lead. They're going to be successes in whatever they choose to do. ESPN fourteen twenty, great stuff. Anthony Babineau has been our guest, associate head baseball coach. Thanks for the memories from ninety two. Thanks for breaking down the current state of Cajun baseball and uh, talking about the transfer rule with us as well. We'll let you get going, man. I'm glad we were able to chat this morning. Uh, best of luck this weekend in Mobile, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, man. I really appreciate that Billy Ocean on the way in. I love it. I love it. Keep it going. <laughs> there yes. you go. See. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks, Scott. Have All a right, good day, Have a good one. Yeah, Degs likes Bad Company by Bad Company. And Bab says, give me some Billy Ocean. Different personalities, but they work well together. Cajun baseball staff's done a nice job. They'll try to win another Sunbelt Conference Series this weekend against South Alabama. 6.30 first pitch on Friday night and Saturday night. So pregame is at 6 o'clock. And, uh, and then on Sunday in Mobile, the final game of the weekend series at 1 with a 12.30 pregame. Don't go anywhere. 